Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert, and I am here today with a crew, to say the least, starting with my absolutely awesome and faithful co-host, Dr. Millicent Ravello, sitting on my left. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? I am doing great, and I'm pretty excited for this podcast because this is the Aesthetic Plastic Surgery Fellowship Podcast. Say it right. Say it right, I can't Jay. say it right. The Aesthetic <laughs> Plastic... Hang on. There's a lot of words in the name of this fellowship. I know. The Aesthetic Surgery Fellowship of Los Angeles. That's yeah. the name we decided on. I think that's right. It yeah. used to be Marina Rocks, but we're here today with our two fellows. That's yes. the bottom line, whatever it's called at this point. We have with us Dr. Osita Obi. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. We're excited that you're here. And Dr. Tyler Safran from Montreal. How are you doing, Tyler? I'm doing great. Very excited to be here. So Dr. Safran and Dr. Obi are our fellows of 2023 to 2024. And we're doing this podcast because a lot of people don't understand why fully trained plastic surgeons are seeking more education from plastic surgeons that are already in practice. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. That's pretty much the definition of a fellowship. And I think we did this last year. We have fellowships that, um, we have fellows that come for a year at a time. So we did this podcast last year with last year's fellows. And this year we're bringing in our current fellows. But we always like to refresh our listeners' memories on sort of what our training is like and how we got here, how you guys got here, and why you're doing this fellowship and, and what exactly it entails. Right. So, Dr. Saffron, why don't we start with you? You came from Montreal. You you trained in plastic surgery, fully trained and board certified, correct? Yeah. So, in, I'm board certified in Canada. In Canada. And board eligible in the U.S. Exactly. So, and you did all your plastic surgery training at McGill, and you chose to come here for a year after a full training of plastic surgery. Why would you do that? Because it's the best of the best. I mean, we're very lucky to come here and train with really the best surgeons. The, the lineup of surgeons that are staff in our fellowship is really just second to none. The training that you receive, looking at the prior fellows and what they do. And really the fellowship, I think it just encompasses so much um, training in face, breast, body, extremity, uh, contouring from massive weight loss. We, we really do, and it really does encompass all aspects of aesthetic plastic surgery, which is beautiful. And at the same time, I really think here in Beverly Hills, you get that polish, you get that 5% extra that you don't see anywhere else. And I think, you know, Osita could also agree that when you finish your residency training, you know how to do the basic stuff. You could, you've seen the breast reductions, you've seen the breast augmentations, but then you come here and it's the most thoughtful procedures and every detail makes such a difference to the final result that I think it's so worth exposing yourself to, to give yourself that edge, yeah. I think. I mean, Dr. Obi, tell us why, why would you do this? Why did you say to yourself, I think I want to do an extra year in train in Beverly Hills? I think, you know, what really sold me on the fellowship and we had this conversation over Zoom, you, you, you said something that was really critical for me. You said, this fellowship is going to essentially elevate and sort of project you five years forward. And I think to me, that's amazing. Once you said that, I don't know, you just kind of touched my soul. It was, it was kind of interesting, right? Like I, from that point on, I was like, all right, this is it. But then you come to the fellowship and to me, my, rep, you know, my sort of description of it is essentially like after you complete residency, it's like, it's like a car, like say for instance, they're really good cars. I'm a, kind of a car guy. So you have like a Honda Accord Camry. That's what you are. You you can get the job done. You can go from point A to point B. 
and you'll do an excellent job. But then you come here, it's, called, it's about refinement. And to me, it's more of a, now you're like in a Ferrari. There's a difference. Yeah, we're all getting to the same destination from point A to point B, whether it be through when we're doing our breast reductions, we're doing our tummy tucks, we're doing our facelifts, we're doing our rhinoplasties. Could I do those things? Absolutely. But I came here so that that way I am sort of in that line of that that top S tier of those vehicles, which is like what this fellowship kind of gives us. It's that you are the Ferrari when you're done. And that's sort of what we've seen from, you know, Dave Stepien and we've seen from Dr. Vranis. Like these, they're all rock stars. And even Dr. Perez, you know, the lineage goes on and on. These guys are all rock stars when they first get out. And so I think that's kind of like, that's why I chose it. I mean, it was a no-brainer for me. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And I think that that is a very accurate statement. So what I think a lot of people don't know is that when you are becoming a plastic surgeon, right, you're in residency. And that's where you're doing like the entire broad spectrum of plastic surgery, including the reconstructive aspects, the facial stuff, the traumas, the breast reconstructions. And then in that umbrella of plastic surgery, you have this little niche of aesthetic plastic surgery. And some residencies are really good about exposing residents to aesthetic surgery. Some are not as good. And we've had a range of residents coming out of their training that have had various exposure levels. And so this fellowship really allows you guys to just focus specifically on the aesthetic part of it. Yes, you are board certified, you're board eligible, you could go out right now, hang a shingle anywhere in this country. Maybe not so much you. To hang a shingle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, it, I could, I could. You could though. I could. Could you? Yeah, here? the visa that I got, it was a very arduous pro- I worked yeah, extremely hard to get here from just the immigration laws and everything like that, but like I said, it's just to train with the best and be here. So Got it. So, yeah. But you could, if you wanted to, yeah. go out and just open your own practice, yeah. start seeing patients, start doing these surgeries. Um, but the idea of this fellowship in particular is that you are getting that extra step up. And I think, Dr. Calvert, your point that it puts these fellows five years out into practice is a really accurate statement. Because if you were to just come out and practice straight out of training, out of residency, it would take you five years, really, to learn on your own what you guys are basically getting an accelerated learning curve right. on in one year. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, and I, I even say it's probably more than five oh, years. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, just even totally. looking at, uh, so the way that I judge our success is, uh, is I look at the uh, before and after results of the people who trained here, and I see how they're doing. And, you know, quite honestly, it's impressive. I mean, uh, from Nate Villanueva to, you know, Perez to Jalalabadi to, uh, you know, Dave Lee. I mean, uh, there's been, there's a lot of like, you know, very impressive results that you know, you can follow the the progress and the arc of their careers. And, you know, I, I didn't have that kind of fellowship training coming out of Pittsburgh. And granted, I did a lot of aesthetic surgery there. It was a really uh, amazing training, but I had a lot to learn in rhinoplasty and it took a long time to get up to speed. And I think probably five years as an undershot mm-hmm. of what it took me to get to where you guys already are six months into the fellowship. Right. So tell us a little bit how you got here. I mean, uh, just, uh, you know, Dr. Obi, tell us, you know, you were UCSF. Mm-hmm. Tell us how you got into plastic surgery just from like, uh, you, you went to medical school and then what what brought you to plastics and, and what are you going to do going forward? Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, so... Obviously, went to Clemson for undergrad, did my medical school at University of South Carolina, and then I springboarded, took, <laughs> took my 
you know, went from South Carolina to um, California to move to UCSF. So kind of, you know, that original question kind of go back a little bit. I remember being a medical student. What kind of got me into plastic surgery? Uh, you know, I was going to be an ortho orthopedic surgeon. I was going to be an orthopod. Because you're a big athlete. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just in case anybody doesn't, if they're not watching, we've got two of the most jacked fellows that we've like had through here. Maybe Steppy and rivals them, but uh, I mean, if you're not bench pressing, you know, 350, don't don't apply, so. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. That is is true. (laughs) It's like crazy, but that's good. At least you guys will be healthy while you're doing your surgery. Exactly. So you were at Clemson, and you were uh, an athlete there, right? Yeah, so so essentially, you know, my, you know, a transition to being like I could called myself in in um, medical school orthopod hands of a demigod, but that's what I thought I wanted to do. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. That, yeah, but uh, if you you know ask Siri that, she probably still remembers that name. But I remember I was like, oh, I'm going to go into plastics because you know I, I noticed like the orthopedic surgeons when they close, I'd be like, well, you know, it could look a little bit better. Let me just pick <laughs> up some tips from these guys. These guys are the closers. They're awesome. And so, like, I walked in my first case of breast reduction, and I remember, you know, read a little bit about it, but then I just saw a breast just, like, fillet open. I was just like, oh, my goodness. I was like, I don't know what's happening right now, but I want to do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> you know? Well, that's good because the closure of breast reductions will take you yeah. several hours. Exactly. So I think that was, like, the first time I think the light bulb kind of clicked in my head, and I was like, oh, I think this is what I want to pursue. And I remember I read the little essentials of plastic surgery, a little red hand, little manual that I give every, you know, medical student to read. And I just kind of just kept reading. I read the Schwartz like chapters in, um, in general surgery and plastic surgery. And then from that point on, just springboard. And I was like, I need to know what you guys are doing. It's Dr. Chang, Dr. Friedman, these guys at U- uh, University of South Carolina. I was like, tell me everything I need to do to get to where you're at. And, you know, obviously it was a little bit of research, you know, obviously your grades have to be good. You have to honor, you have, you, I mean, you have to essentially be the top of your class when you're in medical school. And so I, I worked towards that, and I got into UCSF, and I worked my my tail off. And I was like, okay, like, this is what I want to do. And obviously, you know, the rest is history. I'm here sitting in front of you guys, and it's a blessing, truth be told. Yeah, I mean, you, you did a great job at UCSF. I mean, the... Uh you know, I know the people there very well, and uh, we've had other fellows from uh, from UCSF. Ed Kwan was uh, the first fellow that I worked with after we uh, married up the Marina Fellowship, which Grant Stevens established this fellowship uh, a long time ago. It's really been around, I think, t- over 20 years, really. You know, Grant has a long line of fellows that he's trained, and I think that year was 2014 to 15. And Ed Kwan was the first uh, fellow that I worked with. He was from UCSF, and he was great. He, you know, you guys get trained well there. You can do what you, you know, say you can do. And then so that that's kind of a prerequisite for doing this fellowship, isn't right. it? You can't learn to operate in a fellowship. You have to be already technically capable of doing everything because we're not talking about oh, this is how you hold needle drivers and how you how you sew up wounds. We're talking about this is how you make a facelift look awesome. Right. We're, we're taking your basic skills that you have from residency and refining them into a, into a, a level that really would, would not come without a lot of experience. And, and I think the exposure that you guys get, like, I would like to do like two weeks in this fellowship. I think oh, it'd be yeah. super cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, think yeah. Of the, I mean yeah. let's go through the people that are, that are in it. So like you're, so you're on right now, the rotation with yeah. Ash Gavami. Yeah. And you're working with him, Dr. Perez, Justin Perez, Justin Perez. In, in the Marina, and then we also work with Dr. Neil Vranis, who's an ex-fellow or 
graduated the fellow uh, last year. I mean, we're training with the third, Newsweek's third and fourth top rhinoplasty surgeons. And not only are we learning it from them, but we're also learning how they got there, right? And I think, you know, you look at the journey and you understand their mistakes that they made. You understand what they're doing differently now, picking their brain, whether they like it or not, as many questions as you want. And it's, you can't replicate this. And you look around where we are. We're, we're in Beverly Hills. We're in the mecca of plastic surgery. A mediocre result doesn't exist here. Everything has to be perfect, right? Every stitch has to be thought about. Every, you know, how many, we get into discussions about what, how are you grabbing the skin? And it's all about, you know, finesse. And it's really every detail is thought about. And you just can't get that anywhere else. And so that that's your rotation right now. And Dr. Obi, you're working with... Uh, oh, goodness. Uh, who's, who's the... Uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Give, give, me a, give me the lineup because <laughs> right. you know, there are more cases than you can get to. Right. Right? I'm going oh, yeah. to start with those in the room and then we'll go down the list. So I work with Dr. Jay Calvert, Dr. Ravello, work with Dr. Chopra, work with Dr. Gabay, work with Dr. Luis Macias... Um, who else? Um, who Villanueva. Dr. Villanueva. Dr. Orden. Dr. Orden. Dr. Orden. Oh, Dr. The Orden. man. The man, Dr. the legend. <laughs> the man, the myth. Yeah, the, the he, man, he the myth. Is, he is a legend. He is, truly is a what legend. What a guy. Amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, we have a slew of all-stars. Honestly, I think I probably pulled the greatest, like, um, uh, like an Italian job. I should be paying you guys to be here. <laughs> you guys are paying me to be here. It's awesome, you know? I think, like, what's really awesome about this fellowship and just to kind of talk more about it is um, the, the best part of it is the fact that there are a lot of surgeons out there in the community who want to see what you guys are doing. And we're getting it firsthand, unsolicited, and it's amazing. You know, like, you... you you know, everyone's like, you know, oh, how does such and such do such and such? I'm like, yeah, he kind of doesn't like this. But I was like, you know, like, but it's a secret sauce. You know what I mean? I can't yep. tell you too much, you no, know? Definitely but, not. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's a secret sauce. And but, not all in one day. No, exactly. Not all in one day. It's beautiful that, like, we're here and you guys are just open. And that's the key. You know, like, there is no – and I think, you know, a lot of times, you know, there's no competition. That's what I really also love about that. You guys are all, like, giants in the field. And I have never heard anything negative about you guys, like, back and forth. And I think that's something, you know, elsewhere you may hear, but here it's, like, awesome. There's a lot of camaraderie. Everyone's is focused on our education and making sure that we're the yeah. best when we step yeah. out of those doors. So it's really awesome. It, it is unusual, the camaraderie that we have in yeah. the fellowship. Yeah. It's really unique because plastic surgeons <laughs> do not play well together. Mm -hmm. We do, do not. We are lone wolves <laughs> by definition usually. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, when you add competition and type A personalities oh, yeah. and money and business, and Holy. it usually tends to, to blow up when you have all of those in one room. But I would agree that the fellowship and the people who are part of it, I think it just comes down to a huge level of respect, yeah. really, that we all have for each other. That We would never dream of, of insulting or offending or, or saying anything negative about other people who we respect so much and who are so critical to your training as well. Like, why would we want to put you guys in a position like that? And to your point about how people always want to know, like, oh, well, how does so-and-so do it? Or, like, people are always asking. Like, I learned from you guys because I'll ask you guys the same, well, how, how would Dr. Gavami do this? You know? <laughs> it's like bees we, pollinating. Yeah, it's like you yeah, go, like, exactly. yeah, you do a little. We, everyone does something a little bit differently. We all have different really yeah. cool skill sets and techniques that we bring. So I definitely learn through you guys and the things that you see and experience. And it's really cool. I, I like that part of it. I, I, really, I really like our team that we have have here i think it's great special yeah the, fe the fellowship is very important it is a uh it's it's definitely 
you know, it's something that's really easy to do. People always kind of say like, how do you train these people? You know, because we, we have, you know, we have the USC residents there. We have, you know, people, you know, flying in from, you know, countries around the world to observe what we're doing. I mean, I'm sure you've, you've been in, you know, multiple operating rooms of, of all the people in the fellowship with people that have come in to, to observe. And so we, we do oftentimes have, and that's part of, you know, our job is to, to make sure that your access is, is first and foremost, the residents. And then if there's a visitor or something, then, you know, they got to, they're in the back of the, of the room and they have to like, that's why I have a camera in the, in the, in the hour. But it is really important because our, our goal of the fellowship is to create the leaders in aesthetic surgery. It's not to create somebody who's pretty good. Like our, the reason that we chose you all to be fellows here is so that we get leadership mm -hmm. in, in our field because it's important to plastic surgery. It's not, it's not about, you know, anything that like, I, I don't get anything out of the fact that, you know, you are awesome for, for me, that, that's irrelevant. It's that you need to be awesome for your patients right. and you need to be awesome to represent our specialty and you need to be the best that you can be because the people that are coming into your offices and under your care are going to be counting on you to be that amazing and to be that cut above. I don't want it any other way, be, not for anything that we, we don't get anything out of it other than the total and utter satisfaction and pleasure of seeing you guys thrive. That's what it's about. And it's, super cool. It's worth it. We, we obviously pay you guys to be here. We don't get money out. Like there's nothing, there's nothing in it for us, which is why it's so pure and mm -hmm. so awesome mm -hmm. because what is there to get out of it other than to see you guys be, be great and to go out and do great things. Yeah. yeah. And it's pushing the specialty. I think it's just pushing the level of care that the patients receive. I mean, not only are we board certified, but then you add on to that, you get aesthetic fellowship trained. And so patients from around the world, when they go see their community surgeon, it's not only now it's, and I'm sure it's going to happen one day soon where they're going to ask, are you board certified? And then, oh, are you fellowship trained? Because right. this training, I mean, it's really, there are some amazing community surgeons, obviously, and there's surgeons from everywhere that are amazing all across the world, but there's a small subset that get this dedicated, like you said, Dr. Vell, these dedicated training in aesthetic surgery with these giants. It's yeah, it's hard, pretty hard, special. Yeah, it's hard to compare to. Well, I guess in that vein, um, what do you guys want to do when you finish here? What are, what are your plans? I'm, um, I don't want to talk about before anything is, you know, yeah, signed don't, on the dotted line. Of course, yet, of course. But I ideally, can speak in general ideally, where you want to go. Well, ideally, ideally, I would like to have a practice that deals in primarily aesthetic surgery and whether that's bringing aesthetic surgery concepts to not only patients that are having, you know, and just to say, just like what you say all the time, Dr. Calvert, it's about more than just aesthetic surgery. It's aesthetic reconstructive surgery too. And there's a huge subset of patients that come in for a whole variety of nasal pathologies or or breast pathologies like you do, Dr. Vello, and bring those aesthetic surgery principles and tenets and bring those into all domains of plastic. So definitely focus on aesthetic surgery with, you know, wiggle room and maneuverability for breast reconstruction as well, I think would be a, a nice balance. That's probably You think you want to be in a, um, a big group setting or you be on your own? Do you want to hang that shingle? Do you want to be with an academic center. Uh, well, <laughs> maybe you're not allowed to tell yeah, me any I, well, of these things. Well, TBD. <laughs> TBD. TBD. All, all right. All right. So all I will tell you, whatever you guys are planning to do, don't tell anyone until you've signed it. Yeah, no, for sure. Everybody will try to derail yeah. you. Yeah. The, the, the jealousy of the, of what you, what you guys can do is, is tremendous. And I, I said this to the fellows last year and I'll say it to you guys and I'll tell the next round in order to get yourself situated afterwards, you really have to just, 
you have to do what you want to do and keep it keep it close to the vest until you get there because it is it's really hard to get these these practice situations set up. It's a massive challenge. Mm-hmm. People think you go and do a plastic surgery residency and you finish. And then like when you're done with your training, there's a Rolls Royce, a $9 million mansion. <laughs> Lines and of patients. like waiting for you to yeah, be at exactly. the end. It is not that way. No. If the no. public had any clue how hard it is to get to where you're trying to go, they would be, they'd be blown out of the water and wonder why we even do it. I yeah. swear to God they would. They oh. would be like, there's oh, no way oh, I would ever absolutely. do that. Totally. And I think even more than that, when, when I came here thinking I came from Canada and I'm thinking, wow, I'm going to Beverly Hills. I'm going to see, you know, the this life of where you, we operate one day a week and go party in, in some, you know, Beverly Hills mansion. But no, it's, it's, it is literally the hardest working people to yeah. be able to yeah. provide to their patients and do the most amazing job with no margin of error. It's, it's a level like it's, Although, yeah. to, to be fair, we are podcasting from a Beverly Hills mansion. Okay, yeah, <laughs> fine. There are perks. So, there are small, perks. There are perks. Small grand no, truth. But, but you know what I mean. It's like everyone thinks it's like, oh, but yeah. it's, it, My, it's yeah. hardest working people. Yeah, I mean. absolutely. I mean, we're there very early and we leave very late, you know, most <laughs> days, if not. Yeah. I mean, I can yeah. even like tell you about Ash Gavami, who everybody looks at and they just say, like, oh, Dr. Gavami, he's had it made. He's this and that. That guy worked his butt off. Still, I, he is working. Working, he's working he right works. now. Yeah, I know he is, but he crazier. like to get to where he's going. Like I've known him since I first got out to California. All the guys that I trained with in Pittsburgh were in Cleveland, and I would get calls from Steve Goldman and and Bram Kaufman and these guys who are amazing plastic surgeons in Cleveland, and they would say Ash Gavami is an unbelievable surgeon, and you need to try to work with him because he's he's just that good of a guy, and he's a great surgeon. And when he got out here, you know, we tried to do a couple of things together and he wound up, you know, setting himself up and getting there and he worked so hard. And I can tell you, like all of us do, but I, but I can, cause I, the, the thing is when you're, you're taking care of all the celebrities that he takes care of and everybody sees on Instagram, they think, oh, well, he's just had it made. That is not true. That guy busted his butt. He got there through hard work, through dedication and incredible results. That's the only way it happens. Right. And so you can't get there just because you say, well, I'm a Beverly Hills plastic surgeon. I got it made now. No way. The the people are not getting in their cars and coming to you unless you've delivered some seriously awesome results to the people around you and and to the community. They want to know that you're dedicated to the community. You're going to be here. You're going to do a great job, and you're going to stand by your work. And that's what that's what this fellowship's about: is teaching totally. you guys to be that good for your patients that you can handle any of the of the the obviously the top choice procedures. You guys are already. I think you've you know you're six months in. You're already like killing it. But on top of that, it's how do you work out difficult situations, difficult cases that mm-hmm. come in revision rhinoplasty, mm-hmm. revision facelifts, all that next level stuff patient that makes expectations. you better. Yeah. Managing the patient expectations, it's very hard. They, you have to be able to, to really com- communicate with your patients in a, in a way that's effective and gets them to understand what it is you can do and what you can't do. And right. spending time with you in clinic too. You know, yeah. clinic is so valuable that we don't, you know, a lot of times you think oh, we're in OR, yes, we're in OR four to five times a week, but we're so lucky to be able to spend time in clinic and learn how you also deal with patients, how see how you do things. And that's great. Yeah. It is key. So, and what about you, Dr. Obi? What's your plan? What's your, what's your post-fellowship? Very vague, general, general non-specific plan. plan. (laughs) Um, Ultimately, you know, um, uh, I think for me, I want to probably stay around the area. That's, uh, I'll just be, you know, all right with that. Um, I'm not sure sort of the structure yet, but um, 
there's time and, you know, listening to different people talking and everything. It's really good. I mean, the beauty of it is like we are like a hot commodity coming out of this fellowship. Like it's like, oh, yeah, it's really nice to be able to say, nope, I don't want to go there <laughs> <laughs> it is. Is and, nice. and say it very confidently, yeah. you know, because you feel like you're going to get where you, you want to go. So I think it's just more so determining what works for my family you know, and everything. I think that's the biggest thing for me. It's not a matter of like, oh, will I find a job or whatever. It's more of like what best works for me and then what can continue to springboard my future. And so that's what, we're, that's what I'm looking for personally. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the key is to just know what you want to do afterwards. I mean, you guys have the the surgical skills, you have the you know you have the the backing of yeah. of the the know how to yeah. to be great for your patients, but you know, you still have to earn it and you're still going to have to work very hard. I mean, you know, Dr. Varanis and Dr. Stepien were our fellows last year. They both got incredible situations and they're both working very hard at right. it. That's, that's for sure. It, that's it is, there's nothing instant because the truth is you really have to get, you got to get some cases under your belt to really get good at this stuff. You know, yeah. I, people always say to me, they go like, well, man, when you do those rhinoplasties, it sure looks very easy. I was like, yeah, after 5,000, it's a really piece of cake at this yeah, point. You know, yeah. it's like, but it's 5,000 rhinoplasties in and it's not a piece of cake and I and I don't make it look easy. I I know how to plan the operations, which is what's really changed. No rhinoplasty is easy. If anybody says, if you walk in and somebody says, this is a simple rhinoplasty, then I, I don't think they know what the operation really can can do. Or they haven't what it done enough. Yeah. Right. And they haven't done it. It's anything. humbling. It's humbling. All <laughs> all the stuff that we do is yeah. very humbling because you're dealing with human expectation and you're dealing with, you know, tissues that heal differently and, you know, how the mm -hmm. every patient's different. It's it is not a not a simple situation. So uh what do you guys want to do differently in the fellowship? What should we do to make it better? You know, you're both sitting here, you've kind of been in for a little while. What's missing? How can we improve our fellowship? I to that. I really think that the structure of the fellowship is fantastic. I think that the, I really think by itself, the, just a natural progression, it just has progressed in such a positive way and hearing the feedback from the previous fellows, it's like, you know, that you as the directors always implement feedback and you're always changing things and moving things around. But I think that, you know, having the three month blocks like we do really mm -hmm. gives us a chance at the second look. Um, we're kind of slowly introducing more the fellows clinic, but I think, you know, to argue that it's, you don't necessarily want to be doing a, an abundance of fellow cases right at the very beginning in the sense that you want to, you want to see how things are done. You want to learn the ropes. You want to, you know, you want to fine tune your skills to be able to provide to, like you just said, the patients get these cases under your belt. So honestly, I think I wouldn't change much to be honest. I, I think it's awesome. I really like, I wake up every morning and I'm super grateful to be here. And I, it's kind of weird how fast it's, it's already it's like, like already halfway. It's right? crazy. That's the wild. It's wild. It's wild. It's wild. It goes fast. It goes oh, really fast. Crazy fast. It just keeps going faster. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, but you man. know, when you're learning, it's like that. That is the key. When you're you're in a situation where it's like, you know, you're once again drinking from the fire hydrant. You know, yeah. it is. You're just like taking in so much information, yeah. and you're getting it from a lot of different sides. I mean, you guys have seen facelifts by probably seven or eight different surgeons. Right. You know, all doing the quote unquote same operation, but we all do it differently. Differently. Yeah. Everybody does it differently. Yeah. And, and complete. You yeah. know, like the the real, you know, we see deep plane facelift 
It's a deep plane it's facelift. It's a real deep plane facelift. It's a real. Like, I mean, you're literally no, looking at yes, nerves. Yes, there's no joking around. <laughs> it. But that's okay. That's that's a nerve. That's a nerve. Oh, that's a nerve. <laughs> never forget my first seeing my first deep plane. It was just like it was it was mind blowing to see like uh, you know you see facelifts throughout residency. You know you read about them, but then when you actually see it being done yeah. and how transformative it is for it the is. patient and to be able to provide that you what you guys do it's just it's really right. mind blowing. Yeah, Neil I think said he had thirty nine. Uh, facelifts that basically he did last year, you know, and plus, plus all the other ones, even I'm sure you participated in and saw, I mean, we do a fair amount. I mean, oh, it's good. Numbers are huge. Oh the God. numbers are big. That's for sure. I mean, there's no, uh, no shortage of material and you know, our, it's interesting because our patients, you know, I, I remember, you know, sort of when the first fellows were coming, they're like, well, you know, how do you want to do it with the patients? I was like, well, let me feel out the patient and then I'll introduce you. And the patients really like the fellows being there because when they understand that some board eligible plastic surgeon who's completed their training wants to hang out for a year and learn, they all of a sudden feel like, well, you must know what you're doing if these guys are coming here. Like, <laughs> the bonus doc, like, the yeah. bonus doc. And, and they, yeah, the one of our patients called the uh, Stepien, uh, the, the bonus doc. Yeah. She was like, Wait, you know, one day he wasn't there. She goes, wait, where's my bonus doc? No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and they like having the fellow because they all of a sudden realize that, you know, yeah, they're they're not doing the surgery. Like, we do the surgery. Like, that's the part I think a lot of patients sort of, you know, get sort of confused. Like, when you guys have your cases, you do the surgery. When right. when that patient, like, you did a rhinoplasty and that, like, I, I guided you. I, I gave you tips. I think I scrubbed in and held hooks for you for a little bit, but you did that operation. I had nothing to do with that result. And that result is of the bomb and the patient's yeah. over the moon, right? Oh, she's over the moon. She's right. a fantastic patient. And we, we saw a patient this week, you know, and, uh, for Dr. Obi and the same thing, the patient was in, she was just like, you know, I, I'm really excited to do this. And it makes me feel good that, that you're there, you know, to kind of quality control the whole thing. But like, I don't, I don't have to do anything. You guys know how to do it. Like you guys are you know, and, and the price for the fellows clinic, <laughs> just, just for those, a little plug for the fellows clinic, you, you want to get it for, you know, a third of the price. It's, this it's is the, the time che- to do the it. It's the cheat code. I, I don't want to say anything, but it's, it's, it is the cheat code. It is. I mean, we get, it's, you know, there's yeah. a lot of people that call in. They're like, you know, what, what's a primary rhinoplasty with Dr. Calvert cost? You know, and it's, wow. you know, $21,000, $29,000 could be more. You know, they're like, how about the fellows? You know, can yeah. I get in there? And it's a shameless plug. Yeah, yeah. Very, people, this yeah. is the cheapest I'm ever going to be. <laughs> That's right. You want Dr. Roby? This is it. This is it. We do faces, breasts, body. Sorry, breast, body, everything. 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 There you go. Yeah, That's a, the, the shameless plug exactly. for the fellows. Exactly. Uh, but we do have a website too. The, brand new. What's your, your website? LAAestheticsurgery.com. That's that's a pretty good URL. Yeah, I don't know I don't know who got the URL. <laughs> yeah, that's a really nice URL. But we're very grateful, and it's a beautiful website, and I urge everyone to check it out. It's it's yeah. really cool. I mean, you you see also what's nice about it is the history of the fellowship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see the staff that are involved. You see our bios. You see your bios, contact information. Hmm. I mean, our our live previous fellows yeah. and where they're at currently. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah awesome. it's all on there. Yeah, it's all on there. It's yeah, really is awesome. that where patients can go to? Book a consult with you guys? They yes. can. They or can. our Instagram. Instagram. Okay. What's the Instagram handle? The aesthetic. Uh, yeah. Let me let me just confirm <laughs> it. Make sure. The aesthetic fellowship, the I think. fellowship, I think. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. The aesthetic fellowship. Again, an excellent uh, username. So it's the aesthetic fellowship and our website is laaestheticsurgery.com. Yeah. All right. 
I think that's about all we need from the fellows. That was excellent, you guys. Thanks for coming. Oh, thank you. We're so excited to see what you guys do in the next six months and where you're going to go after here. All of you guys have just done amazing things, and we are more than excited to see where you guys end up as well. I I think, you know, know, a little final comment from me. I think the greatest part of Honestly is working with so many people you consider colleagues and you have mentors. Because I... And everyone needs to hear this. Complications will happen. Difficult cases will happen. But I know I can call Dr. Calvert. I know I can call Dr. Gavarmi. I know I can call someone. So I always have someone that I, who knows it better than I do, I can always reach out to. So it's really great to have that. Yeah, it is interesting. I do get, I, I'll get, you know, a text a quarter basically from the, a former fellow who's like, can I actually do this? You know, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll send me some photos or something like, you know, I'm thinking of doing this. Is that cool? And I'll yeah. be like, yeah, I go for that. Or like, Hey, did you think about this? This mm-hmm. might be better. And it, it is nice to have that mentorship. And it's nice for us to, you know, you know, be able to see kind of what's going on, you know, all around the country because our fellows are everywhere and they've, they've done really well. And uh, we'll have to have a reunion uh, bash up in uh, Vancouver. That's, uh, that's on. There, there will be no band this year. I think Dr. Steps is uh, going to be uh, go- MIA that's this year. Bad. That's too bad. Yeah, but maybe that, yeah. I think the next year is in Austin. And I think there, there okay. needs to be a jam okay. session in Austin. Especially so. in Austin of all places. Yeah. Of course, without a doubt. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you for joining us. And this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210. If you like what you heard on the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast and want to get in touch with either Dr. Ravello or myself, this is how to do it. You can reach me at the website, ravelloplasticsurgery.com. You can reach out to the office directly through the website with any questions or consult requests, or you can call the office directly at 310-954-1355. And you can reach me on Instagram at ravelloplasticsurgery. And to reach me, the phone number is 310-777-8800. My website is drcalvert.com, drcalvert.com. Instagram, Dr. J. Calvert. And of course, you may want to check out our YouTube channel for the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, which is simply that, Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Hope to see you all in the office very soon.